John Furlong says a 2030 Winter Olympics will be much different than Vancouver 2010. We used to say in, in 2010 that the Olympic Games uh, brought magic to British Columbia. And the theme that we're kind of exploring now is that British Columbia can bring magic to the Olympic Games. We'll be hearing more from the leader of the Vancouver 2010 Winter Olympics, who's now trying to bring the Games back to British Columbia. I'm Ed Hulip. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Around the Rings podcast. Today, we'll be hearing from John Furlong about plans for a 2030 Winter Olympics in Vancouver. When we contacted him earlier in the week, it was, however, to talk about the late Jacques Rogue, IOC president from 2001 to 2013, who died on August 29th. The Vancouver Olympics were the first to be selected under Rogue's presidency, so John Furlong and Jacques Rogue had the chance to work together across the seven years of preparation. But first, John Furlong says there was the bid for the Games. Jacques was emphatic about rules and emphatic about process. And you you followed us around. I mean, I yes, ran into yes, you yes. in more hotels around the world than anybody. So you know what I'm talking about. And he was emphatic about the rules and, and was, you know, very clear that they have to be followed and a story. And so we took it very seriously in Vancouver. Um, and I, I, you know, you know, notwithstanding that there's a, you know, there's a thousand ways to go about a project. We tended to take the position he, you know, that he took very seriously and, and we followed his lead on many things. And in the end, you know, we won by three votes and, and, and I think by following the process and by trying to be as honorable a bit as we could be, it ended up pretty well for us. But I give him a lot of credit for putting discipline into the process itself. Because when we, when we started, we followed Salt Lake and all of the stuff that had been going on out there. And we were trying to figure out, you know, how to be good at this. Um, you know, when we started, as you remember, there was eight countries bidding and then it became four and then it became three. And so we just wanted to be a model citizen. And I found, and we found, you know, whatever taking the lead from him was helpful. The IOC president is supposed to be neutral in these kinds of uh, campaigns, these kinds of decisions back, back when they were held these kinds of votes. Did you ever get any feeling that Jacques Rogue kind of uh, came to no, Vancouver? I, no, I didn't. Um, you know, I actually didn't know what he favored. I, 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 what I wanted to do was to never give him a reason uh, to look unfavorably on us. And so we were very determined to, to develop a personality uh, with the IOC of trust. And so I never wanted us to give him a reason to not trust us or to not like us. So to try to make sure that we never, you know, stretched, um, you know, his patience or anything with us. And, and we, we just decided this was the way to bid. We just weren't willing to cross lines and so on and so forth. So I, I, but I never really knew what he, but I will say this. Um, on the day we were sitting in Prague, I was sitting in the second row and he made the announcement. Um, I, I genuinely think, and I have only instinct to, to rely on, that he was very happy for us. And I think he felt that we'd be good with them. 
I, I don't even know, you know, why I'm saying that. And Andrea might have a view on it. But I, I just believe he thought highly of us and that he was happy for us. And, you know, um, you know, I remember the night after we 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 were successful and they had a they had a sort of an event to celebrate the winning city. And we went to it and he was, you know, he, he had gone from you know, sort of a guardian of the rings to being a much more open, more relaxed. And I just had the feeling leaving that, you know, we we had just signed on with a partner who was happy to have us as a partner. And I thought that was fantastic. The one interesting thing about Jacques Rogue that, you know, I, I mean, like anybody else, I've seen many of the things that have been written about him over the years, about him being stoic and strong and disciplined and so on and so forth. He's a very human person. And I got to know him um, in in human ways because, um, you know, some pretty tragic things happened on our watch. We lost Jack Poole. Yeah. It was an enormous uh, hit for us in Vancouver. And, you know, Jack was a, a huge character and he had a very good relationship with Jacques. And I, I remember, you know, hearing from Jacques within 24 hours of Jack's death and he was genuinely heartbroken. Um, I think he thought the world of him and, and so on. And so I, I really began to feel that that, this, that he had a very, um, he, had, he had great humanity. But one of the most extraordinary moments um, I recall with him was on the day of the opening of the games and Nodar died. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacques, I think, considered um, the death of Nodar to be um, like the single biggest hurt in his time as president, all things in. And I remember um, we were behind uh, the curtain at the opening ceremonies and getting ready to go out and address the crowd in Vancouver. And he said to me, you know, I've been a doctor my whole life. I've seen all kinds of tragedy. I've lost people before, but there is absolutely nothing that can prepare you for this. He said, this is just absolutely heartbreaking. And I realized, you know, there in the middle of this, you know, his strength and all of what he's trying to do and the pressure to deliver this, that he was in his, at his best, he was a very good human being and a very good man. And and I have to say that, you know, personally, uh, you know, I was shattered that day and it was the worst day of my life and I found great comfort in him. He was incredibly supportive and helpful and you know, through the games, I, I heard from him more times through in the middle of the games than I heard in all the years building up to the game. So he cared a lot about us and about, you know, coming through this. And uh, so he was very, I remember we actually, we, I, it was, was like a moment that I had never envisioned when we hugged each other before going out on the stage in Vancouver. Mm. It was just a kind of a, an embrace, um, you know, essentially regarding Nodar and the, how yeah painful the day was and so on. So I had a lot, a lot of time for him. And post-games, post games, that relationship just continued. It was just more relaxed than it was in the years before. The uh, You certainly were able, I think, probably to deliver games that helped him uh, get over that, that, that dark day, that dark mood he might have felt on the uh, day of opening ceremony. 
Yeah, he well, the one of the most fascinating things for me about Jacques is that you know Jacques was not one of these guys that went to the microphone and became all flowery and you know he didn't you know he didn't you know he, he was a very measured uh, person. He was thoughtful and careful, very diplomatic. But what was fascinating for me uh, was he made some comments um, at the end of the games that to me were just extraordinary. Like he said. Um, he was being interviewed, and I, I can't recall, and you may in fact have been present for this yourself, and you may remember this, but there was a press conference. I don't know whether it was the last day or the morning after the last day, and he was asked. And he made a comment about, he was asked about Vancouver, and he said, the Olympic Games can never go back from this. And he went on to explain that, you know, that the, how the entire country had taken to the streets, and that people in Montreal and Halifax and Toronto were outside in the streets celebrating, hugging each other. And, you know, there was 400,000 people on Granville Street after the hockey game, all embracing each other from all parts of the world. And this whole idea that the Olympics had this power to get the best out of people, to unite them and bring them together. We're talking with John Furlong, leader of the Vancouver 2010 Olympics, who worked closely with IOC President Jacques Rogue when the Canadian city was chosen at the 2003 IOC session in Prague. Now Furlong is among a group of people working to bring the 2030 Winter Games to Vancouver. The proposal calls for venues to be distributed throughout British Columbia rather than just creating a carbon copy of the 2010 Olympics. Basically, what we're trying to do the second time around is the thinking was that First of all, I think to just do again what we did then, um, I think we would miss an opportunity. I mean, when we started talking about this, um, and Andrea and I and others, when we when we began the discussion about this two years ago, we were talking about, you know, we could pull that off. But would we be doing the best service uh, to the province and to the Olympic movement to just repeat what we did? So we talked about, well, maybe, you know, we could stretch it a bit more. And is there a way that we could do this without actually needing to build anything? And could we bring more people together? And we started to stitch together a vision that basically brings the, you know, we, we used to say in, in 2010 that the Olympic Games uh, brought magic to British Columbia and that theme that we're kind of exploring now is that British Columbia can bring magic to the Olympic Games. And so we're talking about a vision that spreads the games out, that we we use facilities that are extraordinarily good facilities today, but let the family of the province come together. So far, the reaction on the ground has been unbelievable, like remarkable. When you talk to the mayor of a small town and you say to the mayor of a small town, you know, how would you like to be the mayor of a whole city? I mean, you just have to stand back and watch. Have you gotten to the stage where you can have any discussions with the IOC about this? So in the early, there, there will be probably conversations with the IOC. What would you say, Andrea, in the coming months about this? But we've had early discussions with the IOC. And I so, would say, so that dialogue, that collaboration is already underway. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very aware, I would say, um, and encouraged <clears throat> by the idea that we are in this 
stage here and we haven't heard anything other than encouragement. So I think, and I, I think also, you know, I mean, it doesn't hurt that Vancouver was viewed and the Olympic movement as having done a, a, a good job. And so I think all of that, um, yeah, the signs are all good. It, there's plenty to do. I mean, this is the biggest project any country will ever take on. And so there's a lot to do, but I would say the signs are encouraging and the process is, if it's new, but it's, um, I would say, a happy process. And so far, it was fascinating to me. And uh, when we started, because when we go back to 2010, you remember, you wrote about us extensively. I mean, every single day, there was another story. Every day, there was another you know, fire to put out. There was another issue to manage. But today, when we started to talk about this idea and the way this could be done, the reaction on the street in the media politically and otherwise was extraordinary. I mean, I fully thought, you know, this is not going to be simple, but the public reaction, like the actual polling has been incredibly strong. We had a, first of all, we've had a majority of citizens think it's a good idea from the beginning, but when you start factoring in the idea of using existing facilities and building a model that's very much leaning on the private sector and you start talking about bringing communities together and leaving nobody out, these numbers start to go this way. And so the model we think is, I'd like to think we, we, <laughs> we'd like to say we were genius about it, but we're, we're kind of, this model is evolving as we work on it. Andrea Shaw, a communications executive with Vancouver 2010, is working with Furlong and others to help build support across the province for the new Olympic bid. Yeah, I think just to layer on John's point is the enthusiasm, whether you're talking Kamloops or Nanaimo, all around the province, people get absolutely so enthusiastic and it's it's, you know, coming out of the period that we've all been living through, it's sort of this beacon of hope um, as we go from community to community to just see the interest that's around the province. And it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. One of the things that I think that's highly advantageous for, for a, a process like this is that this group is working in an environment where they are dealing with um, well-educated business. So the business community of the province has been down this road before. So they know what this is and they know how to be engaged in this. Politics, the same. Media, the same. Public, the same. So it's not like you're having to start and while you're trying to put a project together, you have to have this. I don't know if you recall this, but in the build up to Prague, we did 1500 public presentations on the Vancouver bid. All of that was education. All of that was, you know, trying to get people to understand the nature of this and what we were trying to do. But we are that this is not part of what this team is facing today, that that people are knowledgeable. They they understand it. And so they know the impact that it can have. They, they know all of what comes and, you know, what they would have to deal with. That's hugely advantageous because, you know, when people start to line up on either side of the discussion about whether it's good or bad, you know, the history is very helpful. You know, the evidence is very helpful. And so that's, I think, um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think it does give uh, the team more confidence and a more of an edge in being able to move this thing along.
there there is this broad brush attack on the Olympics that some people make that they cost uh, a city uh, a location hosting the games uh, too much money. It, it loses money. It's a uh, burden on the taxpayers, and uh, are are generally not you know not not welcome events in the communities where they're being hosted. How does that jive with the experience of Vancouver in 2010? So for for 2010, um, I would say that the general uh, reaction today to 2010 is that uh, 2010 was a financial success and that people, there's no one today wandering around here making a case that the things we chose to do in 2010 were big mistakes. And now look at all the pain and suffering that we have for that. So that's a huge helpful uh, for in this. But in the go forward part of this, what we are really the central driving um, force in the message today is we're not asking government to build anything. We're saying it's here. I mean, government may decide to do what governments often do, and that is to look at the Olympics as a catalyst to do things like here's an example, Ed. You know, we are our uh, our transportation system is in you know where it's evolving. Um, uh, so that's happening. There's other infrastructure here that's evolving. So governments may choose if this Olympics goes ahead and we are selected and it all happens that they may choose to advance you know some of these projects because this is how you know funding can be brought together. But because the bid itself is not asking or pushing, there's no argument being made about putting funding into Olympic facilities that could be needed badly for healthcare, education, transportation. We're not making that argument. We're saying to government that, you know, if this, if this serves your needs, great, but we're not pushing for that. And I would say the public reaction, Andrew, you would agree that the polling reaction is Incredible. I mean, the numbers of people that support this on the basis that we're not asking for Olympic infrastructure because we have what we need to do the project is in the four out of five people favor that. I mean, it's a massive number. We never had numbers like that for 2010. John Furlong and Andrea Shaw joined us today to talk about plans for a 2030 Winter Olympics in Vancouver, British Columbia. The 2030 winter host is the next one to be selected by the IOC. Salt Lake City and Sapporo, Japan are also considered serious contenders. The IOC has not indicated when it will make a choice, but it is expected within the next year, perhaps by the IOC session on the eve of the 2020 Beijing Winter Olympics, scheduled for next February. I'm Ed Hula. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Around the Rings podcast. Your best source of news about the Olympics is aroundtherings.com.